Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. James Bond is coming back to the big screen in cinemas in the UK and we're hoping to go to every one of the 25 films. Join us as we celebrate the 60th anniversary of our favourite British agents by watching them all in order. We hope you guys are watching them too, so please let us know your thoughts. You can find us on social media at Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and our podcast is available on iTunes and Spotify as well as video episodes on YouTube. Simply search for Really 007 Pod. In 2012, after the London Olympics, Bond was in his pomp and he hit the big time at the box office and beyond in Skyfall. It's gone. You both know what's at stake here. There isn't much road left. Take the bloody shot. Three months ago, you lost the drive containing the identity of every agent embedded in terrorist organizations across the globe. 007 reporting for duty. Where the hell have you been? Enjoying death. I only have one question. Why not stay dead? There's no shame in saying you've lost a step. the new MI6. I'm your quartermaster. You must be joking. Also PPKS 9mm short. It's been coded to your palm print so only you can fire it. Less of a random killing machine, more of a personal statement. Q. 007. I want to meet your employer. How much do you know about fear? All there is. Not like this. Not like him. Just look at you, chasing spies. England, MI6. 
She sent you after me, knowing you're not ready, knowing you would likely die. Mommy was very bad. The two survivors, this is what she made us. Everybody needs a hobby. So what's yours? Resurrection. Hello, this is Gary Kay at the View Cinema, Longwell Green, Bristol, just about to go in to see Skyfall for the first time since 2012. Really looking forward to seeing this film on the big screen again. Definitely one of my favourites of the Daniel Craig era. Fantastic cast, some great cinematography, and one of my favourites of the 21st century James Bond theme songs, uh, Adele's um, very haunting skyfall anyway speak to you after the film hey everyone this is don once again i'm off to watch skyfall this evening i'm very excited as it's been 10 years since its original release i just came back from a holiday but i'm still super excited for it it's great for me because it's the only daniel craig era film where it doesn't connect to any of the other films which i think is fantastic as its own standalone film i remember the hype from going to watch it 10 years ago my car got locked in the car park because it was a late showing, probably the first night actually. But I didn't really care because I was, I was just buzzing. It starts off with a big bang, pre-title sequence, Bond fails, which doesn't happen very often. So for that respect, I enjoy it a lot. I'm not such a huge fan of Adele's song. I think it's a very poor song. I know she was very big at the time, so it's why they chose her. We see Bond as a depressed man who sees his country under attack and has to go back and save it. You see Bond does the training, doesn't make the standards but goes out anyway, so we see a vulnerable Bond once again. It's nice that we see the MI6 regulars coming back and slowly introduced. The first Q performance here isn't the best, but he does grow into it the more films he does. The flirtatious relationship between Bond and Moneypenny, who his name isn't revealed until the end, is a good one. Mallory, Ray finds as Mallory, I mean, it's obvious it's going to be M, but sort of comes in as a rude man who's done lots of training and basically makes M redundant. Although this film is all about M, to be honest. She is the Bond woman, and I don't know if she was going to go after this one, but it's nice that they made it around her. The killing is very sad, and I wonder how this will be later. I'm a huge fan of Javier Bardem as Silver. I think it's a fantastic villain. It's very scary. His scheme's realistic, and he plays it very well. The whole computer thing is—I would say—I would say it's even realistic now. You know, going after M, hacking computers, basically making her feel vulnerable. I'm looking forward to the London chase where Bond jet legs it through London while she's at the courtroom. Scotland stuff at the end is a bit slow. I don't really enjoy it as much. Uh, the China stuff, I quite like. The room with Patrice and all the mirrors and fighting and the silhouettes and stuff, I think that's pretty good. The the ending is a bit depressing, but knowing that M's dead, but then we get the new M and all the regulars are there. 
and it's all set up brilliantly for the next era basically however they decide not to do this so i'll give you all my thoughts later cheers guys it's kind of weird i'm seeing skyfall tonight and i'm seeing skyfall again in about two weeks um <laughs> less than two weeks now as part of the bfi stuff that's going on down in london that's gonna be th this is gonna be a weird one but yeah once again like with casino and with quantum i've not i last saw this before watching no time to die on the lead up skyfall has been a weird one because I've, you know, I really enjoyed it at the time. I still enjoy it now. However, it has gone down a little bit in the rankings. I think I can definitely just take off my rose-tinted glasses, more so with the Craig era films, and just kind of see them more objectively. Well, as objective as I can be about Bond. Whilst I think it gets loads of stuff right, I think there are some things where I'm, I'm just not totally on board with as much as I was or I just didn't like in the first place but the positives outdid the negatives. I think the the main reason is I think many people would agree is that we had waited four years for this film so I think that in of itself is is important because you know the last time that happened was between Dying of a Day and Casino Royale. So I think time is definitely a factor I think people were ready for this and I think a side bit of that is that a lot of people weren't loving Quantum so I think to have that long break and then get back I think for many it's kind of like a man with the golden gun to the spy who loved me for example. Uh, um, that kind of like shift in quality direction you know whatever you want to say about it. So I think that that's definitely a big element. And then also, everyone and their mother has said, whoever comments about this film, Jubilee year, it was Olympics, it was, you know, all things Britain, One Direction, we're out, all those things, you know, it's all, you know, we love Britain, all of that stuff. So that links into it. I think it was just a really great year for, for many people and, you know, a better Bond film than Quantum was just going to add to that. So I think for a lot of people, that's a, a big reason why Skyfall is so high and was so loved. And I think it is still loved to t today, I think, especially to general audiences. I mean, Skyfall, the song, the title track by Adele, I think, I think there has been a little bit of backlash against it recently, I think more so by those who see it as the beginning of like, I mean, if we want to continue with the Spy Who Loved Me comparisons, you know, the beginning of the slow ballads again of James Bond. But I mean, I'm, I don't really have a problem with those if they're done right. And I think Skyfall is absolutely one of the best title songs that there has been. And Adele sounds fantastic, was absolutely the right choice. There's no issues at all for me with this song. I think it's excellent um and i think this absolutely deserved you know all the accolades that it got because um i just think everything from the performance to just the the instrumental to just all this everything is just it works scarfer is a film from from my perspective i think the more time has gone on i've kind of realized that you know things like the person the personal thing with with m i think at the time was really great but kind of stepping back and looking at it it's it's just something that we have seen before and it would have been way different if it was <laughs> not that we need a personal connection with someone like tanner or someone else but i just think maybe there could have been something else there i'm not truly kind of like hooked into the story of m and silver maybe as much as i should do i don't think i'm totally 100 in the story of m and electra but i'm way more here for that than I am for Emin Silver. Silver, if, yeah, I've mentioned Silver. Silver is one of those villains who I think the performance, if it what the performance makes it. Like, if it wasn't for Javier Bardem, then I just, 
I don't know what this could have been. I think it could have been not boring because I think the the story helps this character anyway, and I think certain character attributes, mostly on you know lines, lines from the film, like help that. But I think Bardem's performance just elevates it to the next level, um, kind of like a Max Zorin in a way where it could have been. It could have been something much different, but the performance really does make the character great. I think there's a there's a reason why you know a lot of people love this character. He's very creepy, extremely creepy. I think he he does actually do a lot of damage, whether that's an actual a physical attack or you know personally, you know you know emotionally. I think he's really he's really good at toying with people and playing with people. And I think you know. Again, everyone and their mother has said about the Joker comparisons and the comparisons of this film with The Dark Knight, which I think is is valid for sure. Um, we are in an era where where I think, you know, we're playing catch-up. We're not making decisions to kind of define ourselves as our own thing. I think we're in an era of Bond where it's like, right, okay, what can we do? What, what, are, what are audiences liking? Let's tailor it towards that. And I think that's that's the theme of this kind of a little bit like you know 70s 80s bond like what's how do we react to the films that are going on at the moment you know right let's you know cater to it so i don't think it's just like a barbara broccoli michael g wilson thing i think this has happened many times before and it's absolutely fine to take you know notes and and things from other films it's just making sure that you end up you know utilizing them and making them your own thing and the thing that fits for this franchise and i think skyfall does that in a way and you know more so in the craig era way of doing things um we get sam mendes and thomas newman in this you know there's 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 been a lot of changes already since casino royale in terms of behind the scenes stuff but i, I think sam mendes does put a stamp on it and he definitely is more su successful here than he is with spectre i think i really like thomas newman's soundtrack for this film i prefer it to quantum but again i think drops the ball a little on spectre yeah i'm trying to i'm trying to think i think i think the title sequence uh, daniel Kleiman comes back and i think it's a really beautiful sequence i think so it was a bit jarring to just keep moving forwards and forwards and that's the only direction that the sequence goes in but i think it's it was an interesting different way of doing things we get the introduction of some mi6 regulars here we get the return of q and money penny ben wishaw and naomi harris are really are both great you know actors and i think it's great to have them on the team essentially i think uh wishaw i think and i said and i said this at the time i i wrote a little bit about skyfall and just the james bond franchise what it what it meant um back when i was in college and i you know said this the whole thing about skyfall that i actually do like is old versus new and i think you know one of those things is having a young q and you know actually you know using that term old versus new and using it in many various different ways including you know someone's age and i think having a young q makes so much sense like the mad professor kind of trope was kind of out and that's not even what started with q you know he was just kind of for me someone who was very well experienced and uh, knew his way around gadgets and gizmos and stuff and i think you know the mad professor thing comes way after that and i think is barely what q ever was anyway but i think he just has hints of that especially in llewellyn's later uh, years 
But I think I think it's just genius to have a young queue, and I think it makes so much sense for the time in 2012. The people who were, you know, the stereotypes of of new gadgets and young and things like that are young people. Young people know those things. Old people don't know the way around anything. Is is the stereotype? So that made sense. Everyone knew that Naomi Harris was going to be money penny. It just seemed so obvious. Um, I don't know whether it's because newspapers tried to leak it or suggest it or whatever else, but it just felt like it anyway. You know, they're bringing Q back. They, it's like, it just seemed like they were actioning things that people were uh, getting upset about. I mean, it had been, by this point, it's 10 years since Dino of the Day was the last time we had those characters. It's so important to the franchise to have those characters in there. And it's nice to see a backstory for Moneypenny. I don't think I would have ever have thought in my mind that Lois Maxwell's money penny would have, you know, been an agent or tried to be an agent beforehand, you know, and I, I don't know whether I would ever believe that just based on what we see of her character, but Naomi Harris's money penny is different and it's good to kind of see her interactions with Bond and the what could have been prior to, to the events of, of the rest of the series where she is M's assistant. M, Judy Dench, has her final, well, she has her final alive appearance, you know, actually as the boss, as the main character here. I was really sad when Judy Dench left, but, you know, it need, it, like all things, it, it needs to end. I think she got a great bow out. As much as I don't love, love the, the actual story and, and the links with M, I think Judy Dench saves anything. <laughs> um, so it's wonderful to have her and she plays off Daniel Craig so well. She plays it off against Javier Bardem so well. She's just she has good rapport with a lot of co-stars, and I think she truly commands it. And so to see her so weak at the end is just very, very difficult to watch. I think especially for those of us who were kind of brought up with the Brosnan era and and the Craig era, it's it's one of those characters that we've seen for a long time. And so to have to have her go, and especially in that way, it's not like a. Bernard Lee or Robert Brown where they're just not seen again to actually see this person die on screen is just very very sad there's a lot of other things I could say about this film at this point but um, I'll leave the rest till later after I've seen it again but yeah I am excited for it don't know if this will make the film rise in my rankings again but we'll see currently it's third in my rankings I have Casino Royale then No Time to Die then Skyfall yeah it'll be interesting to see if Skyfall will overtake No Time to Die, although I might not actually get to see No Time to Die because I will be in London for those PFI events and the Royal Albert Hall events. So No Time to Die, out of all of them, I've watched every single one so far. No Time to Die might be the only one that I don't see, which would be weird, but, you know, whatever. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Because, yeah, I do hope and sure a lot of people will have fun with this film. I have fun with this film. Lots of good things. So, yeah, I will come back with more to say. Where the hell have you been? Enjoying death. 007 reporting for duty. Why didn't you call? You didn't get the postcard? You should try it sometime. Get away from it all. It really lends perspective. Ran out of drink where you were, did they? What was it you said? Take the bloody shot. I made a judgment call. You should have trusted me to finish the job. It was the possibility of losing you or the certainty of losing all those other agents. I made the only decision I could, and you know it. I think you lost your nerve. What do you expect? A bloody apology? You know the rules of the game. You've been playing it long enough. We both have. Maybe too long. Speak for yourself. 
Ronson didn't make it, did he? No. So this is it. We're both played out. If you believe that, why did you come back? Good question. Because we're under attack. And you know we need you. Well, I'm here. You'll have to be debriefed and declared fit for active service. You can only return to duty when you've passed the tests, so take them seriously. The shower might be in order. I'll go home and change. Oh, we've sold your flat. Put your things into storage. Standard procedure on the death of an unmarried employee with no next of kin. Should have called. I'll find a hotel. Well, you're bloody well not sleeping here. So it's Math from the Really 007 podcast team. I went to watch Skyfall at the View Cinema um, at the Rockberry on Saturday. I had a wonderful time, as I, I always do watching this film. I find it a very enjoyable outing for Daniel Craig's Bond. Personally, this has always been my favourite of his, pretty much ever since I saw it. I've always found it to be perhaps his most comfortable and relaxed in the role perhaps together with Spectre in the years that have gone by that hasn't really changed it was really wonderful to be able to see this again on the big screen of course I saw it way back in 2012 when I really felt that at, at that time that was when he really took to the role of, of being James Bond with obviously the Olympics which which really helped to cement him in that role and then with all the momentum with all the grandeur and and all the celebration about all that's British, that really did feed into Skyfall and played a big part in that plot, almost perhaps coincidentally in some ways. Um, although the 50th anniversary of James Bond probably did help in that respect. It was so good to see it again on the, on the big screen. I mean, I've seen it so many times that I don't know whether there's anything new. And of course, having already seen it on the big screen uh, with the older ones, you were able to see perhaps more things you hadn't previously done. But it's not without its faults. There are, there are issues that I do have with it. As a staunch traditionalist of the of the Bond films, I'm, I'm always sad that there isn't a gun barrel at the start. I know there's that shot that sort of resembles one, and then we get the gun barrel at the end. But for me, it's always it's always necessary to have the gun barrel at the start because you know exactly it just put, puts you in the right feeling for a for a James Bond adventure. I think the uh, the pre-titled sequence is great, really good, really exciting. Obviously links to the plot, but is its own little story in itself, which uh, which I'm always a fan of. Whether Bond would have survived such a fall from uh, from that height back first, I'm not sure. But you know, we we let things like that slide. I'm a big fan of the title sequence. I've always liked the song. I think the song's really good. I don't think it's um, it wouldn't be one of my favourites. I think it's it's fairly. Um, I don't know, middle of the road in some respects, but I do, I do, I do like it. And then, yeah, without wanting to go into um, to the whole film, I think, I think the plot and the story are interesting. There are some interesting ideas, which, as we've discussed at length in our Skyfall review, so if you haven't. Uh, heard that please check that out um should have said that at the start yeah there are holes and and stuff and things that are, are, seem to be borrowed quite a lot from the dark knight um that's something i definitely believe that was a real inspiration perhaps too much in uh, in some regards obviously it is uh it's globe trotting we get we get a lot of london we get the uh, you know the start in turkey we get shanghai and i think i feel that and we said this in our review that 
perhaps they could have done a, a bit more about being within the culture of um, of the places that, that they visit. Generally, it, it feels like they go there and then the sets could have been built anywhere and you don't actually necessarily always feel that you're, you're part and parcel of it and there aren't many supporting characters who who are to do with the um, the place where they are, but that's one quibble. When we finally get to Silver, he really it's a, he's such a fantastic villain. I think he's the best main villain of the Daniel Craig series, um, in that he's clearly the one who is in charge of the the scheme, which I'll come on to shortly. But he's the one that's 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 behind everything. I think possibly Mads Mikkelsen as Lashifra is possibly better but because i don't consider him to be a main villain i would say that javier bardem as as raul silver is is the best yeah as we discussed in our review i, I do kind of wish that his scheme had been more than just to just to try and you know all, all these efforts and you know contrivances and coincidences about getting locked up and you know wanting to be in london when there's the inquiry and everything and then following up to um scotland i, I just wish there'd been a bit more i wish he'd been been Wanting to do more than just kill him, I, I, you know, he, he talks about the different things that he can do just at the click of a button, and I wish we would have been able to see that that Bond was trying to prevent, whilst also trying to prevent Silver from killing him. Going up to Scotland, I love that. It's a really unique final act for a Bond film. I think the writer said that they they, they thought it was a bit of a an interesting switch up to go from a final act at the villain's lair to, to them going to Bond's lair, as it, as it were, which I think is, is really good. Obviously, there are comparisons with Home Alone or Straw Dogs, but again, I, I, I don't mind that. I, I, think it's, I think it's a good final act in a unique setting. Scotland looks absolutely breathtaking. Yeah, and the sombre ending with, with M which you know always does does hit an emotional um resonance with me so yeah so i i thoroughly enjoyed watching skyfall like i say there are some issues which make it not as perfect as as maybe it could have been i do think there are times when it thinks it's perhaps a little bit better than a bond film but in some ways i think it's it sometimes thinks it's a little bit better than it actually is however it is really enjoyable it's my favorite daniel craig bond film i can watch this at any time you know be it at the cinema, which was wonderful to see it again, or on the small screen because it's on ITV2 or ITV most days, um, which is absolutely fine by me because if I catch it halfway through, then I'll probably watch the rest of it. So wonderful to watch it again on the big screen. I don't know how, I don't know whether I'll make it to Spectre and No Time to Die, but if this is the way that my revisiting of Bond back at the big screen is to come to a conclusion, then it's a really enjoyable one. Hello, Darren Bithel once again with my take on Skyfall. Another anniversary Bond film I thought to myself, and surely this one can't be as bad as the last one. I had no fear on that score when it was announced that Sam Mendes was to take the tiller for the 23rd Bond film. Then there was the bonus that one of the very best directors of photography would provide his magic, Roger Deakins. Then the cast was announced, and as soon as I heard the name of Javier Bardem, I knew without question that this film would not fail. His performance in No Country for Old Men is what Jaws could have been without the wily e. Coyote traits. I knew that this Bond film would be special, and it still is. For me, this feels this could have been lifted straight from a Fleming novel. Furthermore, the reintroduction of the Bond family adds to the film's magic. Eon haven't been good, until recently, of keeping secrets, and proof wasn't needed when Naomi Harris was finally revealed as the new Moneypenny. There is a case that maybe she didn't need to be Moneypenny, however the chemistry and byplay she has with Bond is certainly worthy of the Moneypenny Bond history. Then there was the masterstroke casting of Ben Whishaw as Q. Someone who can create more havoc than any agent while drinking a cup of Earl Grey and still wearing his pyjamas. 
Instead of playing the character as the enthusiastic inventor, he's someone who operates in a higher frequency to others and is so gently matter-of-fact in how he describes his gadgets or his findings on things, it's as if everyone else should have known what he's explaining, but not in a condescending way. Rory Kinnear's Tanner has time to breathe in this film, like everyone else. The casting of Ray Fiennes was another stroke of genius in that he's a presence that you never quite know whether to trust or not. It was suggested for a time in the next film that he would turn out to be the villain, which I would have loved, and I would rather have had that as opposed to the rebooting of Blofeld. Given that he was to play a character called Mallory, it wasn't a big leap of faith to think that he was to become the new M. The testing relationship between Bond and M carries on through Craig's tenure, both questioning each other's ability and mentality in their respective roles. And finally there's Judy, the Bond woman of the piece, and arguably her finest ever performance as M. In this we have a fallible M, someone who knows that her time is almost up and struggling to keep up with the evil machinations of the world, whilst being haunted by her sins of the past. The relationship between Bond and M in this film goes through so many permutations that in the end it culminates to one of the most heartbreaking scenes of any Bond film, where Bond realises that his relationship with her was a type that Silver could never have. The lack of gun barrel didn't bother me at all given the first shot we have of the film is a variation of the gun barrel in a way. The pre-titles are one of the best of the series. It sets the premise of the plot, together with providing a Matryoshka-like action sequence going from car to bike to crane to train to foot whilst on a train, leading to the bloody shot and another Kleinman masterpiece. I was sold on Adele before she was announced as the new carrier of the lantern, although I must admit that when I first heard the theme at seven minutes past midnight, on which date I can't remember, I was slightly underwhelmed. I left it for a few days, until it appeared by chance on the radio, and without expecting it, it completely got me. This, together with the titles, is a perfect marriage, just like Casino Royale, and it always gives me goosebumps. The mark of a great theme is whether it sounds great outside the film, and whether it works within the film. If it has a life outside the Bondidium, you're in the VIP club. Thomas Newman is one of my favourite film composers. The Road to Perdition, The Shawshank Redemption, American Beauty are just some of his finest moments. This is a soundtrack that within the film works a treat, yet it's not one I readily turn to listen to. The standout moments for me are Tennyson, Welcome to Scotland and Mother. This film is the best looking Bond film since you only live twice, thanks to Deakins. From the opening shots to the neon lit silhouette fight in Shanghai, the casino entrance of Macau, the initial meeting between Bond and Silver on the island, the straw dog style final confrontation and the killer shot of Bond standing on the rooftops while all Union Jacks are flying at half-mast. It's a total work of art. It's a shame it wasn't screened on IMAX again to fully appreciate the scale of its beauty. The plot of the film holds well, although I do agree with the criticism that Silver being one step ahead of everything after being captured is a cop-out. The script is one of the best in the series, with John Logan adding a sprinkle of magic dust over Purvis and Wade's drafts. A great script brings the best of the cast throughout this film. The scenes that involve the three main protagonists throughout this film are gripping. Berenice Marlowe for her first film is a revelation. How she hasn't been in any other major movies afterwards just astounds me. And of course there's Albert Finney as Kincaid, the Alfred of the piece if you like. There appears to be a bit of divide amongst the community about this character, but I'm for him. The question of whether it should have been Sean Connery will always be open to debate. I would have been curious, but it would have opened a big can of worms, and he would have said no. Anyway, I'm sure Roger might not have, though. I do agree that there may be too much emphasis on Bond's age in this film linking this with the 50th anniversary, 
We can tie ourselves up in knots in regards to where in the chronology of missions this one falls in Bond's life, but within the Craig universe it's only the third mission, so it does seem premature in questioning how long he can keep up the pace. The emphasis placed upon him trying to get back into shape to return to full active service is one of the highlights of this film, and puts seducing a doctor to skirt the issue in its place. The film's length at 2 hours 23 minutes sits right in the middle of Casino and on Her Majesty's. Like Casino, I can't think of anything in this film that wasn't required. Also, like Casino, it has one of the most stirring emotional endings in any Bond film, beautifully and delicately actioned. When I first saw this Bond film, I was very, very happy indeed. And as time has passed, it's still in my top five Bond films. The attendance last night was the same as last week. Throughout this run, the numbers have been around the 20 to 25 mark, with different familiar faces for each Bond run. A new couple, who looked as though they may have just come from an audition of Made in Chester, decided to talk throughout the movie, until they were finally told to keep quiet. They decided to leave during the Skyfall battle, probably because they couldn't hear themselves speak. My ears were pleasantly rumbled throughout that sequence. I still twinge when the DB5 gets blown to pieces, resembling the Lego model I'm currently trying to build. And I'm still so in awe of the explosion of the house, it's just absolutely breathtaking. Dustin Hoffman and Macaulay Culkin should have taken notes. I love this film. It may not be as intense as Casino, but it's a classic, rollicking, visually splendid romp. I couldn't help during the pre-titles, when Judy demanded where the hard drive is, to also request best deals on credit cards and travel insurance. The best intentional laughs on the night included Silver's camp surprise that Bond has changed his flavours in the past, the bystanders observing Bond's rush to get to the train, and the shooting scene with Kincaid, especially when he declares Bond a jumped-up little shit and later queried what he did for a living. I still vision in mind how Sean could have done it. Everyone was on top form. When it was announced that Mendes would be back for the next film, there was a very, very good chance that lightning would strike twice. But did it? the best guys. Hi, Bob Foster here. I've just watched Skyfall on Blu-ray as I won't be around to see it at the cinema so I'll just give you my thoughts on it. I love the the intriguing start to it even though it does slightly annoy me that there's no gun barrel. I thought he could have put one on by now. I have heard Sam Mendes reason why he didn't but you could still have Bond walking down the gun barrel into the room. However, the rest of the the rest of the whole film, I I just love uh, the uh, the intriguing start to the film. You don't know what's going on with Ronson being killed or being shot. Bond's dilemma as to whether to treat him or to carry on, but obviously he carries on with M's orders to get the hard drive, which he finds is is gone. Then leading on to the the the, the multi vehicle chase from the Land Rover to the bike on top of the buildings in Turkey to the the train to the digger and then both of them on the fight, the fight on the train Eve as we find out money pennies dilemma when she comes to she's got them in her sights and M tells her to take the bloody shot leading on to Bond being shot in the shoulder they fall into the uh, the river leading to the excellent titles. Um, Daniel Kleinman's excellent titles again with uh, the award-winning Adele song. The titles are all gravestones and knives and guns. The pictures of 
Daniel Craig's Bond as a young boy leading to an older uh, bedraggled man. This leads then on to M's talk down with Mallory, which, uh, I, which I found intriguing in as much as there's a continuity error where M has put a, a handbag down on the ground when she turns away and walks away. The bag's not gone, but she's not holding it in her hand. M is then in the car with Tanner and he finds out that the hard drive is hacked, which then they find out that it's from M's computer in her office. They drive back there and then the front of the MI6 building blow up, which I thought was a very good CGI shot. The uh, Bond then, you go, then go to Bond, who you realise is, of course, still alive. Um, after you see him carrying out one of his favourite pastimes with a local beauty, he goes to the bar and he's uh, playing the drinking game with the scorpion on his hand. And if nobody knows, it's uh, Michael G. Wilson's son standing next to him at the bar while this is going on. He then sees the news later on that MI6 has been attacked and he goes back to London. You see M going into her apartment. Again, if nobody knows, this is John Barry's previous house in London when he was staying in London. There's good interplay between Bond and M. We're ending up with M telling Bond that he needs a shower. Uh, Bond then goes through his uh, testing to come back into MI6. I must point out, uh, during all of this, Thomas Newman's score, new to the, new to the role of Bond Goring, and I thought he did an excellent job of this. Suits every scene along, which is, which is added to, and along with Roger Deakins' fabulous cinematography, especially noted as soon as they get to Shanghai, which is fabulously lit. Bond and Patrice are then fighting with the brilliant images shown in the background of like the electric jellyfish on in the background M then sees Severin for the first time goes to Macau where Eve then catches up with him and gives him the old-fashioned shave leading on to the casino Bond um, harks back to casino with telling Eve to not touch her ear because she's got a earpiece in the fight in, in, in the casino with the CGI monitor lizards, which I thought was very good. Bond then eventually goes to Silver's Island with Severin, which is the Japanese island. Uh, he meets Silver with a well-timed speech leading from the lift to actually standing in front of Bond. The, but, but eventually uh, Silver is, is, is caught taken back to MI6, um, comes across Silver in, in his, in his, where they've got him in a cage and there's a very disturbing CGI shot of uh, Silver explaining about the uh, cyanide that was in his tooth and it rotted the inside of his mouth away which he takes the half of his jaw out which makes half of his face collapse which I thought was very good. This leads on to the superb chase through the underground and overground and also M then is gets, gets uh, taken to her interrogation which Bond then realises that Silver is heading towards. 
uh, after Bond manages to get M out, he takes M to in his DB5 to his old uh, his, his his family home, which is Skyfall up in Scotland. There they meet Kincaid, played by Albert Finney, which was rumoured um, at the start of production to uh, Sean Connery was. Uh, Jew or was going to be asked to play the role which I thought would have been a bit odd seeing Connery in the same film as Craig but however he didn't do it anyway. Silver then attacks the lodge and M and Kincaid get away in the priest hole leading to the chapel. Bond just gets away by the skin of his teeth when the house blows up leading to the chapel. In the meantime M does get wounded in, a, in, in, in when, during the attack of the lodge and uh, say in, in the chapel Silver comes across M and he's just about to kill her when he gets a knife in the back from Bond who kills him and then sadly M dies in Bond's arms as well. Going back to London you find that Eve is now Moneypenny, Mallory is M. So overall, I I love I really love this film. I just think it's got a good atmosphere all the way through. So there there are some of my thoughts. Obviously, running through the story as well. So looking forward to everybody's thoughts on the film. I'd like to start with some simple word associations. Just tell me the first word that pops into your head. For example, I might say day, and you might say wasted. Gun. Short. Agent. Provocateur. Woman. Provocatrix. Heart. Target. Bird. Sky. M. Pitch. Sunlight. Swim. Moonlight. Dance. Murder. Employment. Country. England. Skyfall. 
That was certainly one of the most exciting times in recent years to be a Bond fan. When I went to re-watch Skyfall on the big screen on Sunday the 18th of September, only a month and a few days before it will turn 10 years old, I was immediately absorbed into it, because I made it no secret that this is my favourite film of Daniel Craig's tenure. It has that Goldfinger-esque magic to it, and like Goldeneye, I think this film's terrific at blending elements of classic Bond with modern Bond. Compared to the rest of the Craig films, it has the most standalone feel to it, despite the retcons that Spectre attempts to tie into the overall continuity of this era. The pre-credits sequence at Istanbul is simple, but immensely gripping thanks to great stunts all around and well-placed humour. I never tire of it. It even has one of my favourite transitions into a title sequence, with Bond being washed away by the waves as he sinks into Daniel Kleiman's beautiful imagery of a giant hand pulling Bond down by the leg. And by the way, Adele's main theme for the film is wonderful too. It manages to feel haunting in the right places, but also provides in triumphant tones, much like a track like Goldfinger would. So I believe that in this film, Craig has found the best balance between the stoic aspects of his performance and the more light-hearted moments. He gets close in No Time to Die, though that film tends to focus more on the more emotional aspects of his character. But anyway, he can put his sunglasses on to hide his emotion, or break down in tears at the death of M. And he can even make a quip about the circle of life, as one of Severine's bodyguards screams in the background from being eaten by a Komodo dragon. His sense of comedy is particularly great here, and one of my favourite moments is still when he rolls his eyes in exasperation when Q tells him to get on the train in the London Underground to catch Silver. Speaking of Q, isn't it wonderful to finally have a modern interpretation of the character? Desmond Llewellyn's take on him is hard to beat, so it's appropriate that Purvis and Wade found a way of giving the character a new dynamic with Bond by making him younger. Just because the gadgets have been scaled down, doesn't mean Ben Wishaw can't have fun in the role. The famous bickering between the two is still there, and the way in which he guides Bond through the London Underground when chasing Silver is still one of the most compelling parts of the film. There may be some debate on who the main Bond girl of the film is, but Severine certainly feels like a secondary one. Berenice Marlowe is still enchanting in this part, giving the character a good deal of intrigue which helps with building up the first appearance of our main villain but she still gives her a human dimension which ensures that she doesn't come across as just another plot device. Her death is rather shocking, I have to admit. It hurts a tad considering so far in the Craig era the secondary Bond women have been sacrificial lambs. Perhaps if she were, I don't know, slightly more of a villainess in the vein of classic Bond villainesses such as Fiona Volpe, she could have had a bigger role in the film. Maybe she could even be a proper but reluctant henchwoman to Silver who's forced to try and kill Bond against her will. At the end of the day, however, she makes enough of an impression for me to enjoy her presence in the film. Now, if you thought Le Chiffre was the creepiest villain of the Craig era, you should definitely consider Silver as a strong contender for that position, too, as he's indeed a very unsettling antagonist, largely because of his unpredictability. He grabs your attention immediately from his introduction with his story about the rats, he horrifies you with his sliminess and cruelty, and you believe him when he shows his hatred for M. He is a genuinely twisted yet tragic character, and I honestly couldn't have asked for a better villain in the 50th anniversary film. Xavier Bardem plays him to perfection, and he's easily one of the film's highlights. Then there's Dame Judi Dench as M. My goodness, where do I begin? Well, whilst Bernard Lee will always be my favourite M, 
Denge is without a doubt one of the finest performers to star in the Bond series. Even in films I'm less keen on like Dying in the Day or Quantum of Solace, she still commands immense authority. She's the M you would be most terrified of crossing, and yet also the one you respect the most. Though the series has already experimented with giving M a larger role in the plot, like in The World Is Not Enough, Skyfall remains Dench's finest outing in the role in my eyes. Throughout the finale we see her connecting with Bond in a way we've never seen before, so even with Silver being defeated and thereby saving the lives of the many undercover agents that she was trying to protect, there's nothing more somewhere in the Bond series than her death. I'm serious. The deaths of Tracy and Vesper were pretty heartbreaking and all, but this really makes you feel something, since she's been in far more films than the latter, and effectively became a mother figure to Bond in the end. On the more cheerful side, what about the other standout sequences? Well, the Shanghai infiltration and fight is beautifully atmospheric and tense, thanks to the cinematography of Roger Deakins and Sam Mendes' brilliant direction. Bond in the Macau Casino has such an undeniable classic Bondian class to it. The race through the underground all the way to the Inquiry shootout is some of the most bombastically thrilling several minutes in the Bond film, and the climax is a great combination between the low-key climaxes of some films where it's a more personal showdown with a villain, and the more spectacular climaxes of other films. You get plenty of explosions and frantic shootouts, but the character moans enhance the stakes brilliantly. M's interactions with Kincaid at Skyfall are quite sweet, aren't they? And the score's not too bad, is it? It may not be a David Arnold score, but Thomas Newman keeps the film going nicely. It's a bit more typical and in keeping with modern orchestral film scores, but to be fair, the guy does have a great catalogue of such scores behind him. Though he does use the Bond theme a fair amount, this score maybe isn't quite memorable overall in the same way as other Bond scores have been. Still, Tracks like Grand Bazaar, Istanbul, Shanghai Drive, Silhouette, The Shimura, Tennyson and Mother are all great listens. So there we are. I could go on about why I love this film, but by now I'm sure you've gathered why I utterly adore Skyfall. It was a treat to re-experience it at the cinema, and it will probably be one of the highlights for me of these 60th anniversary re-releases. So next is Spectre, and I'm very curious to see if I will give it a re-evaluation, as these showings have really helped me to gain a new appreciation for some films that I've not appreciated as much before. Till then! Hey Bond fans, how's it going? I hope you are well. Uh, Northern who love me here, so I've got another uh, selection of comments for Skyfall here. Like a lot of um, Bond fans, uh, this is definitely top tier for me, certainly in the top half of my Bond chart ever since I saw this one 10 years ago. God, that's gone quick. Uh, it sits about seventh in the official chart for me at the moment. I'd say seven out of 25, or if you want to call it seven out of 26, just to piss people off who don't like Never Say Never again. But um, either way, yeah, it's uh, it's top tier for me. It, it took me a little while to like um, this film as much as some of the older ones because it was so offbeat and new and they did a lot of new stuff in this and... Uh, it was uh, quite a departure. There's a lot of Bond beats in here and, uh, you know, a lot of Bond fun-pleasing stuff. But um, it was still quite a, quite a change, this one. So it, it took time for me to settle and decide where I wanted it to be. But I'd say in the last, at least the last five years, it's sat in the top ten easily. And I think this year, obviously talking about Bond films a lot more, as we all are this year, 
it's kind of jumped up at say I, I don't god knows say 10 or 11 to a 7 now so uh yeah i love it it just ticks so many boxes a lot of people including myself like say like it's like a bond greatest hits i certainly think that not in a bad way in a good way it pleases all your bond fans i think it does anyway it certainly does with me and uh, a lot of people who are just casual fans of fans of bond as well they just think, yeah, it's new, it's more up-to-date. It just sets a new uh, new standard on uh, some of this stuff. And Dan's obviously uh, well used to the part by now. And again, he's just so superb in this. I mean, I've just uh, made some comments here uh, on the part as I kind of come back and thought about the film today as well. And so some of them are going film order and some of them are kind of uh, just thoughts that just came to mind as I was thinking about this film. But yeah, let's start with the PTS. I mean, it's superb. It just starts uh, into the action just immediately. Uh, obviously in Istanbul, which has been used before. So it's nice to see locations being used again. God, the, it's so kinetic at the start here. It's good to see Eve come in so early as well. When I first watched this film, I thought, is she going to be a, a bit of a psychic for Bond? Like Waylin or, you know, Triple X and those kind of people. But um, as you start to go along and she stops working in the field, you start to think, hmm, is this going to be money, Penny? And obviously it is by the end of it, but I'll come back to that. I do you like the song? Adele's obviously super talented. Uh, I'm, I'm not somebody that listens to it, Adele all the time, but I do understand why she's popular. I think a lot of people have this song uh, quite high up in their song chart. I know I do. I've not got that in front of me at the moment, but I do know it's, uh, it's, it's definitely up there. It's definitely in the top half easily uh, it's bombastic it's old school it's kind of campy and over the top and uh, vintage bond you know vintage diva bond you know i call it superb good stuff and uh, the titles uh, i think is it daniel Kleiman again i believe it is uh, absolutely superb as well and uh, they're the things that can make the song stand out as well when you're watching the titles and i always like to look for the well-known names or sons of people um, that have worked on these bond films over the years and you still see uh you know some familiar names on there so that's nice the next bit i put down is about uh, q coming into the film obviously a completely new q i do love london a lot and i love going to that museum so it's it's just awesome to see the uh, the turner picture i have sat there in that museum and said the same thing uh, to my other half as we've been sat there looking at the picture you know i think she was expecting me to do that because i'm such a geek over this stuff but <laughs> I, i'd love the bit at the start again i keep saying on these things that i love old school fleming style stuff and they do a lot of this with Dan, I believe, like they did with Tim. And uh, the fact is, Bond's, you know, becoming a bit of an alky and kind of washed up at the start and in a bit of a mess. I mean, he, he looks he looks cool when he's kind of battered, to be honest, as Dan. You know, he, he looks uh, he looks good, you know, with a bit of a beard going on and uh, coming along and uh, just looking in a bit of a state. And it just gives him a chance to show off his acting chops again, you know, being in a bit of a mess after being uh, after being shot. And uh, it's kind of obvious with uh, Judy, I think, as you start to go into the film, that it's going to be a last Bond film. I think it was mentioned in the uh, in the papers at the time that this was going to be confirmed to be a last one could be I might have uh, imagined that but you just know as um, as Fiennes comes into it you know as Gareth that um, it's, it's going to be uh, he's going to be the new end by the time you get to the end and uh, certainly it's no big kind of surprise when you get to the end and see him uh, stood there I love that ending by the way with the uh, time to get to work you know all that kind of stuff absolutely awesome but well uh, we'll come to that I do love the bit with um, just as while we're talking about the end I love the bit with Eve I always like um, Naomi I think she's uh, superb she's just so good in this you know it's nice to see her as a field agent that uh, has become deskbound. I think that's uh, what a good touch that is excellent and uh, I always uh, tear up a little bit at the end you know when uh, well my name's Eve Eve Moneypenny at the end I just I don't know why but that just makes me well up each time especially the bit when Dan uh, says well, I look forward to us working together, Miss Moneypenny. 
I mean, that just gets me in the bomb feels each time. I just absolutely love that. And uh, it just makes me think how much I love these films. And uh, yeah, last night I was I was welling up at that bit as always. It's just so nice. And uh, it's good to see the DB5 in there. It's a little bit of a, a fourth wall nod, of course, that is, you know, when you've got the, uh, oh, go on then, eject me sort of stuff going on. Got a good laugh, always does. They could have laughed that out, I think. You know, it's just a bit too... I don't know. I, I, I would have actually liked it if they left that bit out. Just get it in the car, you know, uh, don't do the eject bit. Just take that bit out, you know. It wasn't needed, I don't think. Just too much of an in-joke. We've had too much of that with some of the later Pierce stuff, you know. I love the, the gothic feel to the ending with the old house and the church. Obviously, we know it's not filmed in Scotland, but the show as hell made it look like Scotland. I think it was Farnham Common, uh, just near London, that they filmed that. I've still not been yet. I know there's, the house isn't there. And of course, I know it's a set, you know, but um, yeah, it does look quite cool. I need to visit that. And I need to do some more uh, Skyfall location shots because uh, I have looked at a lot of them down there, including the old, uh, near the Smithfield Market when they go down the tunnel. Uh, that's, that is that is a cool one. It's good to check that out if you haven't done so. Let's go on to Silver. I mean, I love Javier Bardem and I was so glad when I heard he was going to be in this I knew he'd be a good buddy, I knew he'd be superb, and he just absolutely nails it. Obviously, he plays some of it for laughs with the over-the-top stuff, but I just love his off, offbeat kind of weirdness when he's doing the pop, you know, <laughs> that kind of weird thing he does with his voice when he's a destabiliser, you know, pop, pop, done. All that kind of stuff, um, obviously with a bit of an accent as well. And, you know, I, I just love it that Em's so scared of him as well. You know, you're kind of watching it and uh, she knows later on that he's just, he's totally lost the plot. This guy, he'll just do anything to uh, to get her back, you know, especially when he escapes as well. Uh, I do leave, um, love uh, Severine as well. I think she's uh, obviously another nice Bond girl. People say she's not in it enough, but I do think that she's enough in it enough for the sake of the plot. Yes, it would have been nice to see it a bit longer. I think she absolutely nails it. The dialogue is good. She's not false. She's not a bad actor you know she's she's good she, she obviously totally delivers it and it did make me think and i've never thought this before watching uh, things like obviously man with the golden gun over the setting and her um some of her lineage being from uh, that part of the world you just think there's definitely a, a nod and a, a kind of a, a look at this film when they were they were coming up with it with the, some of the settings and uh, obviously with you know in the uh, the casino and stuff when she's talking uh, she, she makes you think of Admodus Andrea Anders you know you just think yeah she's the kept woman does she want to be there does she not she just wants some guy to take it out of it you know and she thinks that Bond can do it just like Golden Gun but in a good way you know so it's not dawned on me that before and it, it just I couldn't help thinking a couple of times especially in the casino section of the film. But uh, what else have I put? Yeah, Sam Mendes uh, is obviously uh, amazing at uh, doing films. You know, I can't think of a bad film he's done, to be honest. Some may say Spectre, but um, no, I still like a lot of stuff about Spectre. But in this one, he's, he's pitch perfect for this film. I think Dan mentioned him as, uh, as somebody to do it, as a suggestion to Babs and Mike. And what I've noticed as well, and it was so obvious in the cinema, that he does this a lot in his films, where he gets the uh, actors doing the lines to it. He just lingers on them a little bit longer, just so they can do a little nod to it each other or some kind of uh, little tick or something so you kind of know it's the lines that they're giving if that makes sense uh, I, you can see him in these um, things about these films behind the scenes that he's kind of he's got his hands up and he's saying do you know do it like this do it like that he's, he's a hands-on kind of guy for these things and uh, I just think it, it makes it better still instead of just lines being fired out you know it's just giving them a bit of weight and a bit of context when he just uh, gets the actors to do this extra stuff so uh, yeah well played Sam this is obviously the 50th film uh, 50th uh, year of these films I just wish they'd I seen it the other week about some, uh, after Casino that I just wish they'd make this amount of effort each single time they make these films and churn them out you know I know there's no always have the same ideas each time you think oh, I can't do that again we've done that we'll have to do something else and 
you get times when they're sort of short of ideas and it kind of shows and then uh, by the time they get to the next one they've got some good uh, good stuff again to work with I think this film appeals uh, it's not a stretch to say that this film appeals to non-Bond fans and uh, big Bond fans like myself and a lot of people equally alike because it just it ticks a lot of Bond boxes yeah it does new stuff and uh, it's not scared to shake things up a bit and I've been saying about been doing that for years especially when he kind of burnt out a bit at the end of the Pierce stuff uh, not Pierce's fault I need to mention that but um, with Dan they obviously started shaking things up and uh, not just with Casino I felt they did it quite a lot with this one and I think when I watched it last night I just thought they've done it more than you think with this one yeah it ticks a lot of old bomb boxes and kind of oh we'll do that we'll do that people are like that but it does shake things up I think quite a lot and I noticed it more than I thought than uh, Casino actually uh, last night and quite a few of the things yeah I'm looking forward to watching Spectre of course and then No Time to Die in the next two weeks but yeah thank you for listening and just check out what these guys do they do a nice podcast hopefully we'll get some more of the Bond Twitter guys to just uh, just chime in on these last couple of films and uh, say what they think but yeah keep listening uh, take care of yourselves see you later bye W7 Gareth Mallory I hope I haven't missed anything the PM does prattle on in a crisis Bond Mallory I've just been reviewing Bond's tests seems you've passed by the skin of your teeth you're back on active service. Congratulations. Thank you. I'll, um, I'll be outside. I only have one question. Why not stay dead? You have the perfect way out. Go and live quietly somewhere. Not many field agents get to leave this cleanly. Do you get out in the field much? You don't need to be an operative to see the obvious. It's a young man's game. Look, you've been seriously injured. There's no shame in saying you've lost a step. The only shame would be in not admitting it until it's too late. Hire me or fire me. It's entirely up to you. If he says he's ready, he's ready. Perhaps you can't see it, or maybe you won't. What exactly are you implying? You're sentimental about him. As long as I'm head of this department, I'll choose my own operatives. Fair enough. Good luck, 007. Don't cock it up. So, we've just got back from Skyfall in Leicester with my son, Harry. That's me. How was it? And when was the last time you saw this film? Well, I, the last, well, I think the last time I saw it was when I got it for my birthday. There's a DVD from you. Okay. Probably... Oh, seven, eight years ago? See what I did? I was going, right, you are going to enjoy these films as much as I have, so look, here, here. No, you're not having mine. Here, have some new <laughs> ones, you know? It's not like you've got enough of them. And what did you think? Oh, it's fabulous. It's, it, it is a fantastic, fantastic film. I think, even though I like Casino and Quantum, I think it's my favourite Daniel Craig. Really? I do. It's definitely out there for me. Um, Casino's got a very special place in my heart. It was the first Bond film I ever saw, mm -hmm. so... It's always going to be up top with me, but Skyfall, very, very, very close second. We had, at first, when we got in there, the trailers, not the trailers, the adverts oh, were yeah. playing, and we could hear them, but there was no picture. The entire room was in pitch black darkness, and there's people walking around with torches and bits and pieces. <laughs> then the guy came out and said, uh, We've got a slight problem with the projector, and we will fix it for you. Do not panic. So oh. we didn't panic. 
No, we didn't. And we were, then we were big boys. The adverts come on. The trailers. Only problem I have with the tra- good selection of trailers. Mm. The only problem I have is they are still promoting Mrs. Harris goes to bleed in Paris, I hate it. and it is driving me potty. <laughs> um, but having said that, Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Good heavens. Ooh. Yeah, uh, that looks like a belter. To be fair with you, but also the place was packed. Oh, full to brim. The screen was absolutely packed, and and I mean. Me and Bob and, and Kieran have seen the rest of the movies there in Derby. We've had you know plenty of people for some screenings, mm. plenty of people for others. This place was heaving tonight. Screen nine, screen nine, That's the one. and it was packed out solid. And again, I think there were people there who may not have seen the movie at all, may not have seen it, or may not have seen it for some time, yeah, and had forgotten about the whole thing. But that was pretty exciting. Mm. It looks gorgeous. It does. Absolutely fantastic. It just looks so good. It, for for a ten-year-old movie, it's held out really, really well. I think well. so. Yeah, I think it has held up very well. I think uh, Daniel Craig looks really good Yeah. in this picture. I like the whole beard thing. All right, I'm a beard wearer. You, I'm always going to be on the side do, of the beard wearer. You do own a face rug. I do own a face rug, but I think he looks pretty good in this. Mm. That pre-title sequence is spectacular. In fact, I don't really have much to gripe about the movie at all no not really title sequence is fabulous one of my favorites good song mm. i i just don't think the song would work if adele didn't sing it anyone else sang that song it would suck yeah maybe maybe that's true over those titles if, yeah if um if billy eyelash did that one billy eyelash yes no maybe work. not but uh, I, I think that works very very well over the titles it does great titles because of, of course it's the story of the mm. film if you look at it very closely and then at the just at the end of the titles you just get the classic mm. titles with all the silhouettes and everything and also even though I have a number of problems with, with um, Judy Dench being M in the Daniel Craig movies ah uh, yes but I think she's brilliant in this. I really do. I think everything's just... Mm. It kind of all lands in the right space. Ben Whishaw's Q's very good. Uh, Money Penny's fantastic. And Silver. Oh, know, Mr. Silver. What, what, what an excellent role. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I found out very recently that wonderful speech that he does, the first speech when he comes down the lift and then walks over to Bond. About the they effectively built the set around that speech. Yeah, how long it would take him so to So how do. long, exactly, how long it would take him to get from point A to point B, and then they built something around it, mm. which I think is really very clever. Absolutely. But it's it's a great travel log. Mm. You know, they do all those places first and then eventually come back to London. Yeah, and then uh, Scotland. Scotland and Albert Finney as King Cain <laughs> is just brilliant. Yeah. I know there was this terrible story going about. There was a possibility that or Connery had been asked oh, to play the, right. the character because it was Scotland. That wouldn't have gone well. But I'm really pleased that, uh, and that was I think it was his last role as well. I think he died not too long after that. Mm. But just he's a, very good. Just a big teddy bear. Yeah, it? a really, really fabulous actor, mm. and I, I'm really pleased that that he did that. It's just it's you know this. There's the only thing that we've agreed on that is a, that that we've noticed. Well, I noticed this evening. You noticed it before, mm. but the CGI breath <laughs> when they're in the on the moors. When they're on the moors, and I hadn't noticed it before. It and then I look at it and go, is "Good grief, that's horrible, atrocious." <laughs> uh, so that was kind of weird. There was one part where he was just standing in the middle, where he was standing in the middle of the lake. The, um, one of the thugs behind him 
silver in front of him. Yeah. Just there. And you just saw these massive two streaks of air come from this nostrils. Yeah, and yet there's there's some lots of breathing heavy going on in certain mm. places and it not coming out. Oh, you used to, you know, you he's run a halfway across, well, everybody's run across the moor. Mm. And then you're doing that heavy breathing thing, and there isn't large quantities of breath being exhaled, or not enough, maybe. No. And then when they're just standing still, everything. Everything, comes out. yeah. I think that that was particularly good. Uh, Severine, there's there's many issues in connection with Severine and her death, and her involvement, and the way that Bond just arrives in the shower with her, mm. but. She does invite him. She does. I mean, uh, we need to make this quite clear. I'm not getting away from the fact that. Well, well maybe I am. Maybe people are looking at this in, a, in an interesting way. I don't mm. know. But she ha- He. She did. She does invite him in. It's a, it's a strange invitation. Oh, my friends here are going to kill you if you don't die. If you don't die, you're welcome to come uh, see me. Bring the head and shoulders, <laughs> and I'll be up the deep end. Bring the head, but, shoulders, and the chaplet. Yeah, but interestingly, when the guy comes on the boat and says we're casting off. She says, "Oh, okay." And she's got two glasses. She does, and a bottle of champagne. She was you know, she's, him. She's prepared, mm. so she knows, or she's expecting him to turn up. And then he turns up, and uh, it's almost relief mm. more than anything else. Just goes to show how much faith she had in those but, friends of hers. Yeah, and her death's very, uh, very difficult because obviously it's a, it's a period piece weapon, mm. and um, he's never going to hit that glass on top of her head. Oh, nice. He has a go and misses. Mm. And never really expects, I suppose, um, silver to, silver to go and finish the job, you know. Nobody does it without mercy. It's just gorgeous. I mean, I really, really do like it. Um, mm. And I haven't seen it for quite some time. I know it goes, it's on ITV4 a lot and stuff like that. But there's adverts in those. Yeah, and this really does rock its way through. The, the, in fact, the, all of that, right the way from the start, right the way through Shanghai, mm. and the score, I really like Thomas Newman's score mm. in this as well. I'm not the biggest Thomas Newman fan, but that's he's got some lovely stuff going on here. My concern is that he kind of repeats it a bit too much Inspector then after that. Inspector, he, he does he does just copy-paste a lot. Yeah, there's a, but obviously that we didn't realise at that point that these were um, actual stories, mm. so... Anyway, but it's a 10 out of 10 for oh, us. absolutely. I think. Absolutely. I don't know whether I'm going to see... Oh, I'm going to see Spectre. Oh. I'm going to see Spectre with uh, Dog Tanyon and uh, the Musker Hound. The Musker uh, Hound. So, yeah, I'm going to do that. But um, I enjoyed that enormously. And uh, thanks, Harry, for coming on your birthday, dude. Well, I, I do try to be good company. And on the strength of that, we're now going to drink beer and eat pizza. Hooray! So this is uh, John and Harry signing off. And whoever's next, away you go. Hey everybody, this is Dom here. So, to be honest, I left the cinema feeling quite cold. The performance from Craig here, I know it's his third one in it, but I just feel he plays it very angrily and doesn't have any remorse for anything that he does. I know he got shot by Moneypenny and basically goes off to live away from his just service, but the way he comes back, not giving any damn about anything is not very well in my opinion the way he treats severine Macau at the casino basically works her out straight away and treats her like dirt also getting on the boat to go in the shower i didn't really like that i felt that once they drove up to scotland i felt his performance change and i enjoyed it much more when he is upset at the death of m 
then I think it gets better. The stuff I did like, I thought the pre-title sequence is a good one. It's straight in the action once again. I thought the song by Adele, which I've never really enjoyed, I thought that was great. The opening credits by Daniel Kleiman, once again, they're so modern and crisp. The titles from here on for all the films afterwards get much better. I don't know why in the pre-title sequence they have M on the earpiece thing while they're doing their mission. They should just let them get on with it and not have her distracting them, basically. I like that it's raining in London and when she confirms Molly Penny to take the shot and the whole office goes silent and stares at the rain outside, it cuts back to Bond floating away in the water. Then again, we see the depressed Bond with his lady in, I assume, somewhere near Turkey, drinking the branded Heineken and basically up his head. The shot came with the scorpion and then realising his country's in trouble, he decides to go back. I didn't realise that when he goes back to do his training and stuff and basically starts his mission, that his chest is affecting him. The shrapnel there basically is stopping him from performing his best. This is a bit like The World's Not Enough where he damages his shoulder. The training stuff is a bit slow, but I love the China stuff where he's swimming in that pool, then goes to meet Patrice undercover in the airport with those glasses and hat, then telling him on the big motorways I love all the way it's filmed, going up in that elevator or underneath the elevator and the room full of mirrors and glass I feel is just fantastic with that music as well. I liked the fight in silhouette with Patrice. I like Moneypenny's performance in this. We don't really know who she is until the end. I don't like Q's performance so much apart from when he is at the computer trying to decrypt the laptop. I feel he's better in this scene. I criticised Tanner's performance last week in Quantum, however I feel he gets much more to do here and it's just a better performance from him. Then we get to Mr Silver. I feel he is brilliant, what a villain he is. I love the blonde hair, the nose, nostrils that are out of line, taking his teeth out to reveal his cyanide damage, it's very scary. Basically a brilliant performance to be honest, he is one of my favourite villains in the whole series. I like the chase stuff around London where he's undercover as a policeman and basically got Bond's got Q in his ear chasing after the tube and running through Embankment Station or Westminster, I can't remember which one it is now. Then M's a public meeting or briefing, whatever it is, being shafted by Helen McCrory, who died, sadly. Then Bond arriving just in time to fall Silver's plan, he can't get a clear shot at M and then they're in control basically from here on then. I felt the Scotland stuff was a lot better than previously watching. Albert Finney is the gamekeeper. I like this character. He's a kind old granddad who Bond is clearly fond of and I assume he feels the same way. Then I know preparing for Silver and his goons to arrive is basically like Home Alone preparing the house for the bandits. I like all this stuff, and then once Silver gets to the church to basically try to kill M, it's very daunting. The music builds up, it's done very well. She's terrified, clearly. He's crazy, but however, she's already been shot and is basically almost dying, so. Luckily, Bond comes to save the day. Well, not for very long, but the death of M here is very sad, and it hits Bond a lot. It was very heartbreaking, and I enjoyed it a lot more, even though it is sad. 
Then we get to back to London and Bond set up for his next mission with M at the computer, Tanner saying he can go in, the big leather door. It's basically like John Connery Bond from here on then. He's saying, can you get back to work or are you ready to start work again? And it just builds up nicely. It's a nice ending. Yeah, that's Skyfall. It basically messed with my head once again. I feel this Daniel Craig era of Bond has done that, to be honest. There's not easy watching, but the... Camera work is brilliant in all of these films now. The technology that's available to them, it just looks so alive on the screen. I'm really happy with all the camera work and stuff like that. I like the directing by Mendes. I thought the soundtrack, even though I criticised it last week, was alright. It's a shame that they basically used the same soundtrack with the next film, Spectre. Uh, I felt that Mendes probably should have left it for this one and let somebody else do the next film. But that wasn't the case. I didn't like Mallory very much in this. At the beginning when he's basically telling him that he's moving things on and she will step down and that she needs to go to the inquiry because we're a democracy so they should face the public. But once they're in the meeting and he stops Helen McCrory from talking to let him speak, I feel he changes here. He clearly know has previous experience holding guns and firing guns he stops one of Silver's guys even with his damaged shoulder and then encourages Q and Tanner to lay the brokums down I feel it gets better from this point but yeah that's my thoughts on Skyfall I feel it did leave me cold but I have seen it quite a lot of times to be honest as it was very enjoyable in my first watch I won't be watching it again for a little while, but I'm sure in a few months when I'm bored and I want to watch something that it will do nicely. I won't be going to watch Spectre or No Time to Die in the Cinema, so that's my cinema runs of Bond films done. But I have enjoyed them quite a lot because when are you going to see them again in a while, unless they're on at special cinemas? Anyway, that should do me now. Thank you really, 007. Keep up the good work. Cheers. 007. I'm your new quartermaster. You must be joking. Why, because I'm not wearing a lab coat? Because you still have spots. My complexion is hardly relevant. Well, your competence is. Age is no guarantee of efficiency. And youth is no guarantee of innovation. I'll hazard I can do more damage on my laptop sitting in my pyjamas before my first cup of Earl Grey than you can do in a year in the field. Oh, so why do you need me? Every now and then a trigger has to be pulled. Or not pulled. It's hard to know which in your pyjamas. Q. 007. Ticket to Shanghai. Documentation and passport. Thank you. And this. Both the PPKS 9mm short. There's a microdermal sensor in the grip. It's been coded to your palm print, so only you can fire it. Less of a random killing machine, more of a personal statement. And this? Standard issue radio transmitter. Activate it and it broadcasts your location. Distress signal. And that's it. A gun. And a radio. Not exactly Christmas, is it? Were you expecting an exploding pen? 
We don't really go in for that anymore. Good luck out there in the field. And please return the equipment in one piece. Brave new world. Hello, this is Noel here from Dublin and I went to see Skyfall over the weekend so I thought I'd better get my review in or otherwise I'll be too bloody late. So anyway, a movie about revenge, growing old, being relevant, youth versus experience and where a major character gets killed off at the end. But we're not here to talk about Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan. I've always nicknamed Skyfall Sky Chat because when you look at it there's about seven or eight scenes where the movie just stops to focus in on Bond speaking to someone whether it's talking to M in her house talking to Q in the National Gallery talking to Moneypenny in Macau talking to Severin and then obviously the big one is talking to Silva and then M has a, a chat with Silva as well and the whole movie stops for that moment it really is an ensemble movie which demonstrates the power of screen acting and for the audience the spectacle of the movie isn't the action scenes which aren't that great but it's watching a great cast who know how to interact with each other and how to hold the audience's attention. Further to this there is a joy to seeing Bond interacting with people who we know and haven't seen up to now so there is a certain feel-good factor to the movie. It is the most complete and well-made Bond movie of the Craig era it uh, doesn't mean to say it's my favourite. I like Bond movies which have a little bit more incident and plot to it. And yeah, i got to be honest, you know, action. The action scenes in this film are a bit long and drawn out. Um, I'm a bit of a John Glenn kind of man. You know, three or four minute nice action scene. Get in and get out, beginning, middle and end. And curiously enough, we would sort of see that in Mendez's follow-up. I find the stuff in Skyfall itself at the end, it becomes a bit of a squib fest, and after the initial bricks and mortar getting blown around the place, it, it gets a bit tiresome, I have to say. It is a very stylish and competent movie, but that can only go so far sometimes. Um, I remember seeing it for the first time back in 2012 in the Odeon Leicester Square, and it kind of was holding my attention but there's that scene it's just right after Bond and Severin are in the shower and it cuts to a nighttime shot over London and I remember being in the cinema and letting out this audible gasp of exasperation and impatience and, and I was surprised my patience had started to wear thin by that stage of the film because not a lot really was happening there's a lot of teasing going on and I always kind of think of the movie as being a bit like Daniel Craig when he's walking as James Bond he kind of walks in the movie with a little bit of a swagger he's not in a rush kind of suiting himself and the movie kind of suits itself a little bit too much gets a little bit full of itself where maybe you need a bit of a kick up the backside and and go up another gear when I went to see it the other night I wasn't really in the mood for seeing it as I said I don't really find it a very compelling bit of storytelling and for me I have great affection for Skyfall because of what it reminds me of you know being in London you couldn't go anywhere where there wasn't some poster every London bus driving by the street had one of the characters on the side of it the film including obviously the song really uh, got into the pores of 
society which is a very heavy-handed way of putting it but i remember being in london with my mum back in 1987 and i kind of experienced that with the living daylights there, there is that great additional experience to a bond movie and one of my fond memories of, of going to see the film here in ireland was taking my mum to see it and she absolutely loved the movie and i always remember her reaction at the end when she realised that Judy Dench as M was dead and she was very upset by it um, and in 2015 the two of us went to London we made a point of going to where the inquiry was done that scene we went to the National Gallery and looked at the fighting Temeraire down around Westminster and took the time to imagine Daniel Craig running up that street so things like that can be very powerful and um, yeah so there's a lot of a lot of goodwill towards the film in that way. Maybe it's not my idea of a Bond movie, but I think sometimes films can go just a little bit beyond the celluloid that they're made of. So that's Skyfall. And by the way, that shot where the camera is backing away from Bond holding M in his arms, it's the exact same setup as in Star Trek 2 where the camera is backing away from Kirk sitting on the floor with his back to Spock. Exact same. Exact same. And don't get me started on the scene in Casino Royale which they stole from Police Academy. I should have said that a few weeks ago. Well, I just missed the tram with mere seconds to spare. So, whilst I'm waiting 12 minutes, I am going to uh, do this recording now (laughs) before I get back. So yeah, do you know what? Like, that viewing was really good really really good it's not that i had a bad experience last time it was just that i think you kind of have a perception of how a film is and you watch it again you know oh it's okay and it's good but you know this was this was excellent and it's such you know it is one of the most beautifully shot films of all of them um so you know you've got to give them credit for that i think something that i really i noticed more um i may actually do an article about it someday was um the use of just kind of this old versus new theme that goes on throughout this. And it's, I think it's quite heavy-handed eventually. But for a while, it's just kind of like simmering there a little bit, and especially towards the beginning, but I think towards the end, it's very, very heavy-handed, actually. But I think it's a really good thing to have. I think sometimes it's a little bit frustrating, you know, the exploding pen. Like I, I love it, and I don't love that line. I'm like, oh, but I want, I want the exploding pen. But no, I wrote something about it like right after the film came out, and I might actually expand upon it because I think, it's, I think it's more the blending of the two. What, what works that is old, and what works that is new, and you know, putting together to create something different and modern. And I think, you know, I think it's told very well through M. That yes, the old is old but it doesn't mean it's out of date however maybe she's a bit too far back whether as Mallory might be a bit too you know far forward not like a bit too modern a bit too new a blending of the two is James Bond whose use of old school and the use of new tricks like I said I think it's very heavy handed it's done in numerous ways and I think there's loads of different themes and ways that that can be applied to, whether it's the actual story, to the characters, to just certain elements. So yeah, it's quite interesting. And I actually do want to expand upon it because I do think it's really, really interesting. Yeah, so I mean, 
I actually have to say that my favorite part of the film actually has to be the Shanghai and Macau uh, sections of the film. I just I love it when Bond goes international, and that area of the world, like I love just. I, I love seeing it, and I think you know Shanghai in those lights in the dark. It reminds me of of like a Tokyo in uh, You Only Live Twice, seeing all that neon and just bright colours with you know those fantastic buildings, skyscrapers. I just think it creates such a great visual. And I think you know it also reminds me of um, I think the the scene in particular where Bond follows Patrice, and it is it feels very stealth. Um, it really reminds me of Nightfire, of the night shift level. Just because it's, you know, super tall building, Bond's undercover, he needs to work his way up. And, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm expecting Dominique to just pop out and, <laughs> and something, but it's, I, I just really, really love that. I don't think it goes downhill when it, we get back to London or to the, just the UK in general. But I think for me, like, it's nice to just have a little bit of in, insight into London, but not too much. I think we get a bit too much, but do you know what? For that year, if it wasn't for that year, I think it would be weird. But I think because it's 2012, it works. And that's fair. I was 17 when I saw this film in the cinema, and I saw it with my stepdad, I think. I think, no, again, no one else would no one else would go, and I'm like, I need to, I need to see it. And so it was really nice to see that with him. Um, I remember the Skyfall, uh, like a snippet of Adele's Skyfall coming out and I was obsessed with it and he had that. And yeah, and I ended up writing about it straight away in college, you know. So, you know, I think it, it had a profound impact, I think, on me and on others. I think it really made you feel like Bond is back and especially with the ending. You get a real sense of nostalgia, even if you were not alive during the films that were set in the old MI6 and the old British intelligence. But seeing that office and just getting the crew getting the crew together again um, I think it really makes you go okay we're back we're on track although the negative of that is that how did Bond go from being brand new agent to being past it which again has been said numerous times but um, you know what it is what it is I mean in retrospect they would have been had it you know gone quicker we would have had a film in between Quantum and Skyfall that maybe could have concluded a quantum arc or done something else and could have had just Bond on a mission. And I think that's the main thing when I said in the first part about not loving, I think, loving this film. I think after Casino and Quantum, I think you kind of really want a by-the-books Bond film. And although this ticks some of the boxes, boxes, it doesn't tick all of them, which is something that none of the Craig films really do. For me, anyway, it might tick all the boxes for everyone else, but in terms of what I would class as a James Bond film. It's like every Craig Bond film is how can we make a James Bond film different? And I think that's really great, but I don't think that should be done every time. This film does it in a in a very good way. I think Spectre kind of fails and Quantum fails. The others have you know some failures in them, but not the entirety. Neither does Quantum and Spectre either. But I mean, but there's more elements there uh, that do fail for me. But no, I I think the actual idea of just going to having everything stripped back there's so much expectation of what a bond film is and i guess in 2012 it's still kind of maybe thought that bond was this 
big superhero who had all these gadgets and all that maybe not everyone was seeing casino and quantum maybe not everyone was convinced but i think this was one of the biggest films of the year or i can't even remember if it was the biggest film of the year it was definitely one of, no it wasn't because it was probably avengers that was but you know this really changed things and you know this you know kind of changed what i think the team went for i think because it was so let's say made made for awards rather than made for good cinema no no that's unfair to say that i don't even know what i'm saying anymore <laughs> it's as cold as scotland here on the uh trafford center uh tram stop this this is why i need the guys this is why i need tom and the others uh to bounce back off of because otherwise i just go on and on and on but no it is a really solid film there's not any major complaints maybe the severine stuff which i just think is really just uncomfortable I'm not a massive fan with what happens with her, although Berenice Marlowe, I think I think that's the last name. <laughs> um, I, I think she does excellent, and I, I remember at the time thinking she did excellent, and I just feel sorry. Again, it's an Andrea, it's an Andrea Anders moment, like, you know, save me, uh, and, oh, uh, blah, 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 I can't serve two masters, you know, Sky, what Skymanger says, and that feels like what Silver does, and I just think it's just awful, and especially, again, Bond's, kind of oh well <laughs> about it all which is very similar to roger moore's but i digress it is a very good film i was so glad to see it again i think it was on imax as well here which was surprising because it was just not obviously none of the others have but it's, it was just kind of interesting to have that that experience again because it was imax when i first saw it 10 years ago um but yeah i've got to get on the tram now but um yeah i will be back for spectre which will be the last uh one that i see probably because i can't see no time to dive so 23 out of 23 one more to go yeah and i hope everyone else enjoyed i'm sure you did because it is it is a very solid film <laughs> and yeah I'll speak to you all soon there's still so much more to discuss so stay tuned for skyfall on the big screen part two really the best catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.